Good morning and God's blessings to you on this, the sixth Sunday of Easter. We're nearing the end of the Easter season, um, and on this Sunday we are reminded to pray. The, The Latin term for the Sunday, the sixth Sunday of Easter, is rogate, pray. And we find out today uh, how we can pray confidently. How can that be when we speak to our Father who is in heaven, uh, who we we do not see and who we do not hear with our ears? How can we pray confidently? Uh, That's what we'll be studying today. That's what we'll be hearing from God's word. And with that, we'll begin by singing hymn number 488, He is Arisen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, Have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will, and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. With a voice of singing, declare this with a shout of joy to the end of the earth. Alleluia. The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Alleluia. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. With a voice of singing, declare this with a shout of joy to the end of the earth. Alleluia. The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Alleluia.
Lord be with you. And with my spirit, let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading is from Numbers chapter 21. From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from James chapter 1. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ, who has redeemed us with his blood, is risen and has appeared to us. Alleluia. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Alleluia. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, Jesus said, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly, and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus said, Do you not believe? 
Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you have, may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Why does it sound too good to be true? Why does it seem like Jesus must be exaggerating or speaking figuratively? Perhaps it's because you can imagine easily asking for something and not receiving it. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You know that God is not a genie in a bottle. And so it's easy to think that he doesn't really mean what he says here. God's not a genie in a bottle, and so you know that, when, when, and, so, and you know that instinctively. What does a genie say? He says, your wish is my command. A genie has no will of its own. It is completely controlled by your words. It must do what you say. It's more like a vending machine than a person. That's not God. And you know that. You know that God is not a genie in a bottle or a vending machine. So why would Jesus say that whatever you ask of his Father in his name, he will give it to you? It can't be true, can it? And if it's not true, doesn't this whole thing just become one big joke? Prayer is one of the things that atheists love to attack most. To the atheist, prayer is completely wasted breath empty hope. And statements like this from Jesus just go to show how unreliable the Bible is, how unreasonable religion is, because it simply cannot be true. We ask for things all the time and do not receive them. But then again, Jesus and God, his Father, are not genies. They're not a vending machine. God is a person, and our, relation with, our relationship with him is real. And so that should be our starting place for understanding what Jesus means. So try this instead. Think about the relationship between a child and his father. A son asks for things all the time. Can we go fishing today? Can I have a glass of milk? Can you read this book to me? Can you help me build a spaceship? Now a son could ask for anything. And sometimes it seems like he does. But we should be a bit more precise about this because there are some different categories of things he might ask for. Take, for instance, asking for a glass of milk. Every time he asks for a glass of milk at dinner, he gets one. And so he always asks confidently. He knows what the answer will be. He's sure that he will receive what he's asked for, that his father wants to give him that his father is glad when he asks. But some requests are different. Sometimes when he asks if we can go fishing, the answer is no. But that doesn't keep him from asking because sometimes the answer is yes. And so he asks hopefully. He's disappointed and doesn't understand why the answer is sometimes no. But if his father is trustworthy and their relationship is undergirded by love, then the son accepts the answer, even if it's a no. It doesn't keep him from asking again or from asking for anything else. Now, when the son asks for help building a spaceship, he learns something about his father. He learns that there are some things his father cannot do. He cannot launch you into space. He cannot build a robot. He can't guarantee that you'll catch fish when you go fishing. As the son learns those things, eventually he stops asking for them. He discovers the limits of his father's power. He stops asking for things that his father cannot give him. There are also some things that his father could give him, but the son will never ask for. He knows that his father won't give them to him because he knows the will of his father. He knows that his father won't give him wicked or dangerous or destructive things. He knows that his father won't give him permission to do something sinful or harmful or godless. And so he never asks. And in not asking, his will is shaped by his father's will. 
As the son grows, he learns to love the things his father loves and to hate the things his father hates. That may be good or bad for a son with a human father. Human fathers are imperfect. They don't always love what is good and hate what is evil. And so to be shaped by his father's will could be good or bad, depending on the father. In any case, I want you to see how a son asks in all these different ways, these four different ways. He could, of course, ask for anything. He has his father's ear. But here's what he does. He asks confidently for the things he knows his father will give him. He asks hopefully for the things he's not sure of. And he doesn't ask at all for things he knows his father cannot give him. And he doesn't ask at all for things he knows his father will not give him. And that is exactly what Jesus is describing in our gospel today. That is the kind of relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. He is not a genie or a vending machine. He's a person whom we may ask for anything. And since it's a relationship, it's not mechanical. It's not a transaction. It's not like putting in dollars and cents into the machine and pressing the right buttons. Instead, it is a matter of knowing the Father, knowing his will, knowing his love, and trusting him. Here's how that looks for us in prayer. Like the glass of milk that the Son asks for in confidence, there are some things that God has promised for which we can ask with complete certainty. Here's how Jesus put it. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that an amazing thing? God has promised his Holy Spirit. We heard about it last week. Jesus said, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. God has promised to give the Holy Spirit to his children. And so when we ask for his Spirit, he always gives it. Now, what's the point of that, you might wonder? Well, let's just start with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What a wondrous thing that God has promised to give us the source of all those gifts. What a wondrous thing that the virtues that we lack in the flesh, God is willing to give to us whenever we ask because he is willing to give us his very own Spirit. And so we should ask confidently. For the one who asks confidently trusts that God will deliver what he has promised. Here's how James put it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. If you doubt that God will give you the things he has promised to give you, then you show that you have no trust, that there's no relationship there, that you're like Adam and Eve in the garden who were suspicious of God and did not expect good things from him. God acts towards us as we expect him to, and so the one who doubts, in fact, has no reason to expect any good thing from God, for the gifts that God gives are received by faith trusting his promises. Like the son who asks confidently for a glass of milk, so too we can and should confidently ask God for all the things he's promised us and which we so desperately need. That's another important thing to observe about prayer. Why don't we pray for the things God has promised us? Why don't we pray for them constantly, except that we think we do not need them? Let us repent and take to heart the gifts that God has promised to give us, his Holy Spirit, wisdom, forgiveness, life, and salvation, a new life in Christ, a new heart, a clean heart, the will to follow his law and to walk according to God's will. Let us pray constantly for those things. There are many things also 
that we would like, that we think would be good, but God has not promised them. Like the son who asks if we can go fishing, there are many things for which we have no promise, and so we ask hopefully. Health, stability, safety, freedom, happiness, comfort. God has promised none of those things. And yet, they may be very good things, and so we should ask for them. But knowing that God has not promised them, and that they may in fact not be good for us, we pray for them in Christ by concluding, Thy will be done and not mine. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Jesus himself prayed that way in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking that he be spared from the suffering and agony of God's wrath. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, he said. And he was not disappointed, and he did not feel like his prayer had not been answered or that God had not given him what he asked for, even as he went to the cross and suffered and died and breathed his last. Because... Jesus understood that his heavenly Father is completely trustworthy and only gives good things to his children. The one who asks hopefully, the one who asks in Christ, in Jesus' name, is never disappointed. For your heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. What son would be disappointed when he asks for something and he does not receive it because his Father has given him something better? What Christian would feel as though God didn't keep his word when he asks for something and God does not grant it. Much rather, the Christian thanks God that his will has been done and not mine. So far we've seen how in Christ to ask God confidently and hopefully for things he has promised and for things he has not promised. But remember, there are some things that a son will not ask for because his father cannot give them. No, I cannot help you build a spaceship. Human fathers are sinful and imperfect, and that's one way they're very different from God. But here's another point of stark contrast. For there is nothing that God cannot do. There is no request too great, no need too large that he cannot handle it. Indeed, the proof is on the cross where he did what seemed to be outright impossible. In human flesh, he died, bearing the sins of the world. If God is capable of that, there is nothing our Heavenly Father cannot do. And so we must not hesitate to ask out of fear that he cannot do it. Think about what that means. There is no sickness too grievous, no heart too hard, no relationship too broken, no despair too deep, no sin too wicked, for God. Indeed, it is precisely at those moments when reason and our flesh see only impossibility that faith clings to the words of Jesus. All things are possible for the one who believes. And so faith prays, sure that God can do anything. But what about things that God will not do, things that God will not give? Naturally, there is a whole world of things that the one in Christ, you, Christians, will never ask for, because they are evil. Of course you could, but like the son who knows the will of his father, you won't. Because as a Christian, you are learning to love what your father loves and to hate what your father hates. And so it is no lie or exaggeration when Jesus says, anything you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. How could you ask something in the name of Jesus that was evil? Of course God would not grant it for the sake of your petition, because you have taken the Lord's name in vain. You have used his name to the opposite end of that for which it is meant, to curse instead of to bless, to do evil instead of to do good. And like the one who doubts, the one who misuses God's name can expect no good thing from God. But you who are in Christ... You who have heard his promises and seen the Father's will in Jesus' death and resurrection and trust that he loves you and will hear your prayers, for you it is 100% completely, absolutely true. Whatever you ask of the Father in Jesus' name, he will give it to you. It's not too good to be true. 
The whole Bible is the story of just how true it is that you have a heavenly father who wants you to ask him as dear children ask their dear father and has sacrificed his own son in order to have you as children by adoption through his spirit. So do not hesitate. Be bold and confident, hopeful and humble in your prayer. Practice. Exercise yourself in prayer. Form habits of prayer and pray without ceasing. Whenever you see need, pray. Whenever you feel compassion, pray. Whenever you receive good things, pray. Pray for those who cannot pray. Pray for those who do not have access to the Father by faith. Pray for those who do not know what they should pray for. Pray without ceasing. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Almighty and eternal God, worthy to be held in reverence by all people everywhere, we give you humble and sincere thanks for the innumerable blessings that you have bestowed on us without any merit or worthiness on our part. We pray you especially for, we praise you especially for preserving for us your saving word and the holy sacraments. Grant and preserve to your holy church throughout the world purity of doctrine, and provide faithful pastors to preach your word with power. Help all who hear the word rightly to understand and truly to believe it. Send laborers into your harvest and open the door of faith to those who do not know you. In mercy, bring to repentance the enemies of your church and grant them amendment of life. Protect and defend your church in all tribulation and danger. Strengthen us and all fellow Christians to set our hope fully on the grace revealed in Christ and help us to fight the good fight of faith, that in the end we may receive the salvation of our souls. Bestow your grace on all nations of the earth. Bless especially our country, its inhabitants, and all who are in authority. Let your glory dwell in our land, that mercy and truth, righteousness and peace may abound in all places. We commend to you the care of our schools, so that our children may grow in useful knowledge and Christian virtue, and thus bring forth wholesome fruits of life. Graciously defend us from all calamity by fire and water, from war and pestilence, from scarcity and famine, and from every other evil. Protect and prosper all who labor in their rightful callings, and let all useful arts flourish among us. Be the God and Father of the lonely and forsaken, the helper of the sick and needy, the comfort of the distressed and those who sorrow. Grant your grace especially to Lucy, Donna, Lori, Roland, Vivian, and Barry. Except we implore you our bodies and souls, our hearts and minds, our talents and powers in your humble service. Grant your Holy Spirit to those who come to the Lord's table this day, that they may receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in sincere repentance and firm faith and to their abundant blessing. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes, when no one can work. And when our last hour comes, support us by your power, and receive us into your heavenly kingdom. 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Once again, God's peace and blessings to you on this, uh, the sixth Sunday of Easter, and again, an encouragement to pray. What a gift it is that we have a Heavenly Father who not only hears us when we pray, but longs for us to bring our petitions to Him, our petitions of every sort, promising to grant us the things that we need for this life and for salvation and for eternity. Uh, that promise is sure and certain. Take advantage of it. Pray without ceasing. Uh, it's like so many things in the Christian life. It's a matter of discipline where uh, your flesh is working against you. Your flesh tells you that there's no cause to pray. There's no use in praying. But God has told you something else. He's told you that your words ascend to him like incense rising from an altar, and he promises to hear you. And so, pray. Uh, just a couple of announcements. We'll continue to have a Bible study this week on Wednesday, a Zoom Bible study. We'll take up a few more topics from James and any other questions that you might have. I'll be glad to take them up. Um, Next Sunday, because the governor has somewhat altered the, the executive order governing how churches function these days, um, starting tomorrow we are able to gather in groups of 10 or less. Uh, and so next Sunday for Holy Communion, that's what we'll do. Um, it'll, I'll send out an email with some more details this week, but it should be very simple. Instead of having communion in the parking lot, You'll park and walk into the church um, at your appointed time, and uh, the doors will be propped open so you won't have to touch anything. You come on upstairs into the sanctuary and uh, stand before the communion rail, and we'll have uh, communion at the altar, which will be um, a, certainly a step in the right direction and a, a wonderful comfort for all of you who have been longing to, to get back to church. So uh, watch for some details about that. Just remember, next week, uh, if, if, you're, if you're in the habit of... Uh, um, uh, leaving the house, coming to communion, not expecting to get out of your car, well, uh, next week you'll have to get out of your car and come and come into the sanctuary to have communion. So watch for an announcement about that. And uh, also just one other note about the Bible story that was uh, in the bulletin insert this week. Bible story is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which um, if you're a parent of young children, it's not, a, it's not probably one of the first stories you think about telling to your children. And that may be, um, that may be a hazardous thing uh, that we are hesitant to share stories of God's wrath and judgment with our children. It's a, it's a sound warning. It's important for our kids, uh, even though it, it, it uh, makes the hair stand up on the back of our necks. Uh, it's important for our kids to hear about God's wrath because uh, it's a frightful thing, and it is on account of our sin. Nonetheless, that story, that story of Sodom and Gomorrah, is as much as it is a story of God's wrath and judgment, it is even more a story of God's salvation, for he brings out uh, Lot and his family and saves them uh, even though he had no cause to save them, even though they wanted to stay, in fact, God pulls them out of the city um, because of the prayer of Abraham, in fact. Uh, and that is uh, a wonderful blessing to see that that is our God, who has righteous anger over sin, which we should want. We should want him to exact judgment on sin, but even more we want him, we pray that he is merciful towards us on account of Christ Jesus, on account of Christ's sacrifice. With that, once again, God's peace and blessings, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon.